0: The show you need to get what you desire by avoiding the mistakes made by others before you. Learn the stories and journeys of what success looks like to find the freedom you deserve while thriving with your best life. And now I present to you the one, the only Rapid Results with Andrew Wise. Welcome back to another episode of Rapid Results with Andrew Weiss. We have an exciting guest today, the wonderful and amazing Glenn Payne. And for those who don't know who Glenn is, Glenn has a master's in information systems management with major with a major in project management. He's the CEO of Wellspring Consulting, which is passionate about helping families, individuals, and dealing with debt budgeting, credit restoration, adequate life insurance, identity theft protection, and fighting suitable legal protection plans. He also spearheaded Money Matters, a financial pop-up clinic, which serves as a community outreach to inspire and empower individuals with essential financial principles. And he is the founder of the annual Legacy Conference, an empowerment conference-style event to ignite the passion to rekindle entrepreneurship and legacy-building financial literacy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Glenn. Glenn, tell us what is the biggest, most badass professional accomplishment you're most proud
1: of? Honestly, I would say launching um, Legacy Lives Here, my local nonprofit. It started off originally as a conference that was the theme, Legacy Lives Here 2019. So it was an exceptional financial conference where I had speakers from all around the country, people that were on the stage that I got there to come for free. These speakers usually charge big bucks just to be speakers, but they saw my cause, they heard the vision, and they jumped on stage, spoke, gave everything they could give. And it was a huge success. And the theme that year was Legacy Lives Here as the conference theme. And someone says, you should make an, an annual event, and that should be a nonprofit. And story began in 2019. Now today, we're now four years into being a nonprofit, and we have made some great strides, minus COVID, of course. But overall, that's one of my biggest accomplishments I can say that I'm super-duper proud of.
0: That is awesome. Oh, my gosh. So so tell us, you know, how the heck do you even get to that point of, A, knowing how to start a nonprofit, going for it, getting some of these top speakers who are used to being paid, I'm sure, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to come speak for free. That's a big deal. Tell us that journey. How the heck did you get to that point?
1: Well, the whole journey of the conference started about being... Going through some issues with debt and having getting married and learning about money and want to be you know wealthy for future purposes. So did a class, realized I did it in my local church and saw that, that the need was greater. What about those who are outside? So I did a local event, small boot camp was a great success. And then from there, when the whole process began, people say, Great event, but what's next? I'm mean, here scratching my head thinking, well, that was it. I didn't have anything to <laughs> I mean, like just an idea. <laughs> I tell people all the time, sometimes great ideas don't always come with the end result. Just simply a, a blank page with, with a full stop says, well, what comes in the next paragraph? You got to write the next paragraph. So I literally sat down, spoke to a lawyer who offered to give me guidance. I filed my own nonprofit paperwork, did all the tax paperwork myself, didn't pay a dime and just simply took the information she gave me and applied it and filed my nonprofit, built my board out. Again, the speakers, my MC Lawanda always says every year, where do you get these people from? <laughs> and then she, answers, she answers her own question and says, well, Glenn, I think I know what it's you mm-hmm. just simply hearing you speak and hearing about your purpose, your passion, and why you're doing it. People can't resist, but say, I want to help. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell any entrepreneur, anyone trying to build a business or build an event. If you don't, if you are not passionate about what you're trying to do that others will not follow your vision. There's a, a, a phrase, write the vision and make it plain for those who come after we will see it clearly. So mm-hmm. if you don't write that vision clearly that others can see it, then why would anyone want to follow you? So if Andrew decided to write a business goal, a beautiful vision, but put it in his closet and his wife doesn't see it, his business partner never sees it, then where's it going to go? Nowhere but the closet. Mm-hmm. So that's what I will tell any entrepreneur when you're building everything out, build a dream, build a vision, get people also who will support you and carry you. Even when you're down to your lowest point, someone who will say, Andrew, you can't give up. Glenn, don't give up. Let's try this. Here's my contact. Let's do this together. And they carry the weight together. That has been one of my biggest success stories, finding people who believe in the vision, believe the dream, and also willing to do the work to help us get to that place.
0: Mm, I, I love that. I love that. And, and, and so tell us more, because obviously you, you're passionate about this. Tell, you always have experience with this. Tell us some more about you growing up and, and like what was that gap? Like, what, why do you think you didn't know much about financial independence? You didn't know much about how to overcome debt? Like, wh- what do you think helped cause all that? Wh- um, what do you wish more people knew about how to
1: prevent that? Well, I'm actually not from the US. I'm from the Caribbean oh. island of Antigua. Oh. So, growing up in the Caribbean, we are taught. Not to do stupid things with money. It's <laughs> the word, stupid things with money. Came mm-hmm. to college and got pulled into the American way of doing things, American system, and forgot about my ways of what I was taught by my parents, my mom, my dad, you know, my grandma, whatever it may be. And, and the culture came over here. And I grew up to learn to adapt to the culture, did what the Romans did. The old phrase, do what the Romans did. Well, mm-hmm. the Romans were saying, get credit cards, go into debt, build a credit score do this. So I followed along the path, not fully understanding everything. So mm-hmm. coming to a country, not understand how everything works, being told to do the stupid things because they're doing stupid things themselves. I fell into the trap and I learned to get out of it quickly. Cause I said, this is not my way of doing business or how to live, live a life. We can't just go to work, get a job, pay the bills, and then don't fulfill destiny or purpose or dreams. We just simply die at an old age or we work until we're old and never enjoying life that we're here for. What's the purpose of enjoying, what's the purpose of having life or how should I say, what's the purpose of living if you've never lived it before? Mm. just existing, mm-hmm. basically. So the journey for me coming from the Caribbean to the U S it was rocky at the first few years, trying to adapt, trying to fit in, trying to figure out how things work. And then from there getting into that place of falling to the debt trap.
0: Mm. And, and so what, so, I mean, I mean uh, if you're okay sharing, I mean, like how extreme was it? Were you like 30 grand in debt and then you woke up one day and you're like, this, this needs to change? Uh, w- what, what was that tipping point for you essentially? For
1: me for me is when I hit rock, rock bottom trying to figure out how am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to live, figure things out? And then I got married.
0: <laughs> Interesting. Wives wives can be very convincing apparently.
1: <laughs> so when so when the thing is when you get ma- when you already have I'll talk about like this. If you're gonna get engaged to someone Together, before you even say, will you marry me? Start working on you, building you. Make sure you have a firm foundation. Make sure you have a backup plan. Make sure you have some things paid off. Even if you have debt, it's fine if you get married and have some debt, but at least be on the same page communicating about debt. How do we want to tackle this debt together? Because once you get, i when you get married, I do it's no longer my debt, your debt. It's now becoming our debt. So how do we get rid of? our debt. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I hit that place, my wife and i my wife was, was struggling with, you know, money and time dealing with how to manage money. She didn't have much, she didn't have a lot of crazy debt, but just the whole managing part. So guess what I did? I said to her, well, um, here's what we're going to do. Since you need to learn to handle money better, I'm going to put you in charge of the budget and pay all the bills. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. <laughs> she, learned, she learned quickly. Why I say that's essential. If someone is struggling with something, them into the water and let them see how they can realize their, the back-end issues that can happen. So if you don't pay your bills, no rent, then you have nowhere to live. So you've been to learn responsibilities or your actions come with repercussions. So during that time, she learned quickly to adapt. Now she is the money meister. If you <laughs> missing from the bank account, she knows. She calls me, Glenn, why is the bank account one cent less?
0: No, she doesn't
1: check every cent. no. When we first got married, it was like that. It was. Cool. <laughs> <When> <laughs> I put in the account, and I budgeted because she was because we had a, we have a joint account that pays all our bills. Mm-hmm. So of course, if she's already done the budget down to the penny, the nickel and dime for that for all the bills to come out that one account for bills, then nothing should get touched. So I I got hungry, went to McDonald's, got your slurp you know a, a drink, and she's like, well, um, some bills are coming out. <laughs> I already I for it. You. I've already <laughs> it. So she, I, I was what what they call the um the free the freeloader. I would like to just go around and have drinks and eat something on the go. And she's like, Well, Glenn, I know you're making good money, but we we gotta stop.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we came up with a technique. We left the account for bills, but bills only, and then we have our own separate accounts to basically use if you want to buy a burger, go out to eat, take a drink, hang with the girls, hang with the guys. So we didn't have that for the bills section. I'll (laughs) tell anyone that when you get married, make sure you have an account just to pay all your expenses. So we both agree. Everything in that account is just for one thing only expenses. There's no fun money in that account. There's no blow money in that account. Just simply fun money to pay bills.
0: And I'm curious. So tell us again, I mean, you can use hypotheticals. Like if you had 20 K in debt, of bills to pay off? I mean, did it take you guys two years to do it? Did it take you three years to do it? That's the first question is sure. what amount were you able to pay off and what amount of years? I mean, because getting it down to the cent is very impressive and Slurpees are like three bucks. So if you're getting in trouble for buying a Slurpee, you guys were really <laughs> regimented, you know, which is, is very impressive. You know,
1: why up until today, she's still strict about it all. No you know, Slurpees today either? <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> no, no, we can still have a Slurpees just okay. a different, just different account now. Okay, I you see. What we're we're trying to build is not just to manage money, but we're trying to build a generational wealth that long after we've gone, our kids can have generational wealth. Um, It's not just for us to just say we have money stacked away, but what is the money going to do for us? It has to do something. We are looking to build great things overall, not just living to exist, but we want to turn that income, turn that money, turn what we're doing into something substantial. Yeah. How about like, how about building, building a school in Africa? I'm not mm. done it yet, but that's <laughs> one good thing to do. Yeah. You know, crowdfunding, investing in real estate. Those are things that we, we, we look towards because it's a way of us building generational wealth consistently, not just having money, paying the bills and saving. We want to do more of it. So although it may look like I'm stringent right now, how we do things, we're trying to have big goals. If a man doesn't have a vision or a goal, then he's lost in the wilderness. Because he doesn't know if he should go east to the sun or west to the sunset. He's totally lost. So we had to learn to build a vision and goals that we are going to take ourselves five years, 10 years, 20 years. So when we first started off, when I got, first got married, I had credit card debt about $15, $15,000, what it was back then. We worked, we paid it all off and we got, we got rid of our credit cards. We cut them all up, literally cut them all up and we moved forward. We really move forward in adjusting to what we want to do in life as a couple. We bought our first home 10 year and 10 my 10th anniversary. That was one of my goals. I um, love that. One of my goals um, for my 10th anniversary for my wife was to buy her a house. She wanted a ring
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm tomatoes, a ring. tomatoes, ring, start, house. Start, start, start,
1: start, <laughs> like, ring versus house. Oh, you really want a ring? <laughs> Well, you can't live in a ring, but I can give you a house. So on our 10th anniversary, she got the keys to her brand new home Aww. and she enjoyed it. So up until today, she's still saying it's my house, not, her, not our house. <laughs> that's funny. But, oh, those, but those are things you, as married ind- individuals, should start looking towards, especially now in today's tough market. We got to find ways to make it work. So that's why I'm so passionate about legacy about generational wealth, about entrepreneurship, because guess what? You know very well, Andrew, you can't pass on your job to your kids. Mm-mm. No. What can you pass on? Your business.
0: Yeah. B- yeah. Business, knowledge, money. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you, you can't pass your, I mean, granted, uh, maybe there's, uh, you know, just like in the NBA, I mean, some NBA players, their sons are able to also play in the NBA, sometimes for the same team, which is super cool. But no, that's a very good point is that you can't. Past, for the most part, you can't pass your job position. You can only pass wealth and knowledge. And so you just got to, like we were saying, thinking long-term, essentially, thinking generational wealth-wise, for sure.
1: Yeah, you you have to think that way. You can't just plan for today and not think about tomorrow. I once heard a quote, I may not be saying correctly, but the, the wealthy, they plan generation to generation. The rich plan year to year. The middle class plans quarter to quarter and the poor plan month to month. Hmm, mm, that makes sense. Yeah. Generational. They think generationally Why is the wealthy, the rich, the ultra? So okay. my question for you, Andrew, is what are you looking forward to? You're getting married soon.
0: Woo-hoo. Yes, yeah, I know. So the time of this interview is September 2022. I'm set to be married October 10th, 2022. And yeah, so Celisha, my fiance, we're talking about, you know, we, um, you know there's an apartment in New York that uh, we're looking to get. And we're just going like, gosh, it's not going to be, I want each of our apartments is going to be a shared apartment that we're going to have, like for the first time in our life, and it's just it's something that that that's shared by marriage, and so it's super crazy about that kind of stuff, and and just getting into that. Is, is wild. And it kind of a follow-up question for you too is, when did you feel like you guys quote-unquote made it? Uh, when you're like, okay, we finally have money figured out. We finally have our generational wealth on track. It's what we want. Obviously, buying a house is, is a very big deal. And obviously, paying off $12,000 in debt is a very big deal too. Tell us more about like, okay, I think we finally have this money thing figured out a little bit. So tell us
1: about that. I would say at year number five in our marriage, we got mm-hmm. some level of understanding of money and respecting money because there's an old phrase what you don't respect you'll lose or mm-hmm. not or you will not attract it so if you don't respect money you will never attract money and we just mm-hmm. start thinking like millionaires what do they do every day they look at ways to find money and invest money and respect it to you know keep it multiplying so at the year number five the first couple of years we were at each other. I, th- I tell anyone when you get married, the first year is the honeymoon stage for many people. Year number <laughs> yeah. two, you start getting each other's nerves. Like, why <laughs> am I in? Why? Why is she in my cocoa tea? Why is she? In my, why is she in my room? No, is oh, <laughs> why right. is she in my room? <laughs> I'm like, that's very extreme. <laughs> no, but you. But no. After a while, you will start to feel a certain way, like okay, you, because you're not. Remember, all your life you've been by yourself doing what yeah. you want to do when you want to do it all of a sudden, you're now married. The first year, you're like, ah, oh, it's so lovey-dovey. The second, third year, you're like, okay. it's. They usually call those that that's that little brief time where people start to may have friction for some or what we call growing pains, where we start to try to figure out how do we do things together? No mm-hmm. longer Andrew or Alicia It's just simply us. It's no longer I anymore. So that's why I said the first Two to three years where we people start trying to try and figure out the growing pains.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Even though you've already done the engagement, you dated, you spent time, you talked about the future, being in the real life situation as a marriage, Because wait, when you're dating, you can always take a break. You can all say, I'm going home and I'm mad, I'm going <laughs> home. You can't go home. Home is where you are. <laughs> yeah. So you gotta learn how to communicate. So that's what I tell you all the time. When it comes to dealing with money, dealing with life, dealing with marriage, dealing with family members, whatever it may be, the first key factor is communication. Learn to communicate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Communication is key. Without it, you will sink, not swim, but sink.
0: So it took till year five before you guys finally said you reached the respect that you wanted to with money. And how many years of marriage are you going on now?
1: Oh, Lord, 14 in December. 14
0: in December. He knows the month and everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, listen, I, 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 the story behind our wedding is a bit funny, right? Um, okay. <laughs> Go on. We're here so. for that. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of planned the wedding. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So my wife, up until my wife got her, her way back on my 10th anniversary. So for the our wedding day, I... I found the church I I wanted to get married in because my vision for her when we got married was a royal-themed wedding. So Mm -hmm. I found a cathedral with high ceilings, big beams, massive aisleway. Uh, I had dancers coming down the, the aisle dancing. I had different things in place, down to the colors, the flowers, the cake. My wife was like, what do I get? Dude. The reason why I did it was because I waited for, for twenty-eight years before I said, Will you you know be with someone? I kept myself, didn't do anything crazy, just kept myself. I was more focused on career, building a family, and just waiting for the time to come to find my my perfect wife, yeah, perfect mate, and then from there live life. So at 28, when I met her, we got married. The first year was incredible. Second year, rocky third year we got more synchronized fourth fifth year up until today we have gotten to a place where we're now learning how to grow and i'll tell people on the 10th year actually the the eighth year in most people's marriages around eighth year things are going well but then you also have to remember we get so busy with life with career you have to still date your wife (laughs) yeah you have to Mm -hmm. learn your wife because as you mature and you grow she will the same married the same woman you married today will not be the same woman in three years. Mm-hmm. She will change, she will grow, she will evolve, she will mature. Same as us as men, especially as men. We we tend to get all you know grumpy and oh, uh, we want to hang with a friends, we want to have some beer, we want to do this, but then we also got to understand then we have to now relearn each other, grow with each other, learn how to learn your wife all over again. Mm-hmm. So, year 10 for us, where we actually start to relearn who we were. I had changed into the ultra manager, project guy. I'm a project manager by trade. My profession is project management. Work in corporate America, working long hours, having a career. When I come home from work, I'm tired. but I have have a wife. So Mm -hmm. I have to take care of family time. So all that we have to learn to balance. Same as her. She was in corporate America, working long hours, coming home, making dinner sometimes. So there's the areas we learned to grow together and learn who we are. Right now we're planning... Um, what we're gonna do for date nights for next year and a half, in essence. What you guys plan a year and a half your date nights? So in terms of activities, let's say we're gonna go, we're gonna go to the Keys one one time. We're gonna do, um, let's say, go surfing one next day or go mm, something. I Think see. That was activities that we're gonna plan out and say, hey, let's pick this other bucket. We're gonna do this today, or next one we're gonna do this. Things to keep. The love going, things to keep the marriage going, things to keep excitement going, because after a while you will get tired. You got to, think to keep things going in a progressive manner. So for me, building a nonprofit, working my career, building a business at the same time, along with my wife, we landed a great contract working with this great company, but we also have to learn to still be married outside of being business owners. Hmm. You can be business owners, husband and wife, but then you also have to understand the boundaries. When is office hours versus marriage hours versus <laughs> family time and you time? So yeah. you can't be talking about business at midnight. You no, know? oh, you have to so have fun. time to separate <laughs> life. So I learned that the hard way too. When I started off with my business, my nonprofit, I had to learn how to balance everything out.
0: Oh, it makes sense. Makes sense. And so, and so tell us more go, going back into, obviously, you know, navigating a relationship, navigating your, your own financial endeavors. So you talked about how your your wife, she's a motivational speaker and how you, you said, I like the quote you said to uh, forget to before or after this interview that or before or during, I should say, like when your wife goes into business, that means you go
1: into business. Um, <laughs> t- 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 tell us more about that. Sure. So my wife, she has always been a motivational person. She will see someone and start talking to them, motivating them. And then one day she said, I should do this. I should do this as a business. And she wrote a book called Engage Your Dreams and wrote something, another book afterwards that. And she decided to call her business Engage Your Dreams. Mm-hmm. And she considers herself what we call a dream coach and motivational speaker. She also sings. She has a few singles out as well. Oh, very cool. On Spotify? Yeah. I think it might be there as well. Yes. What, what's the Spotify name? I have to, I have to ask her that one. <laughs> Come on, Glenn. I, 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 know, I know it's on YouTube and it's on um, and other major platforms as well. But okay. For her, when it came to starting her business, she looked to me. Well, can you help me? So I said, okay, I helped her. So I'm thinking help her in terms of go online, get the domain, build her website, do all the stuff like that. No, it's more than that. We had to, I had to learn how to understand who she is, learn how to support her, learn how to understand when she's down, how do I encourage her in her business? Because not every day is always going to be a bright day in business. Mm -hmm. We got married. She started the business. How do we balance marriage and her business and her passions? Like right now she is planning to do great things in her business, trying to revamp it, revolve it to, to a new place. So working together as husband and wife in a business, when you get married, you become part of the person's vision Mm. on my wall right here is a, is a vision board. We built that vision board together and she has her visions for her own business, for her personal life. But yet, because I'm married to her as a husband, I have to be what we call the one who will look after, look out and water the seeds. If there's any weeds, pull them up for her. So they, we as men or even as women support their husbands, you must be a support system. You must sometimes be the lawyer, be the architect, be the builder, be whatever, whatever's needed at a time we fill in and do it. Uh, when my wife hosted her vision board party. Mm-hmm. No, she, she had a vision board party. Yes. It was what? a huge success. What's she, that? What's a vision she, board party? vision board party is where people, well, each person is given a, a poster They're given magazines and they're told, they're given inspiration, inspiration inspirational talk Mm. about, you know, what do you want in life? Who do you want to be in five years, 10 years, 12 years? What's your goals? What's your fears? What's your dream car? It's Mm. a way of getting people to start thinking above and beyond where they are now. Right now, we might be thinking, well, I just want a Nissan. I want to just have a job, pay the bills and go home and sleep. Well, how about if you could change that mindset to another level, another frequency to say, Hey, I want more life. So a vision board party is a way of enhancing that to make you dream outside the box. So at her party, she had magazines, she had props. People were building out their props. Like one person built a um, vision board that had a Mercedes Benz. And she told them, be very specific with your vision board. Don't just say, I want a car. What car? What color? Mm, What, What model? Because if you don't visualize it, it won't come. Or yeah. you may say, I want a Mercedes Benz. When it shows up now, people actually, suppose someone came to Andrew and said, hey, Andrew, um, I keep hearing you want a Mercedes Benz. What color do you want? You know what? I don't know. What model? I never thought about that. Yeah. And in their mm-hmm. hands is the keys to the car. Or because you don't know, they can't bless you with the car
0: yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so that, that's yeah. just
1: what i mean when i say the vision board is important because it's it was a way for her to show people through her motivational speaking it's time to dream dream big don't dream small so in her business she's done a great job in doing vision board parties i think she's planning one for next year oh. i can't wait covid 19 yeah. is you know, waving down a little bit so we can go back out there and do the vision board parties again and i just can't wait for her to to really get there and launch her dreams and build big i love that
0: i love that it's so inspiring to hear how inspired you are by by your wife and her motivational speaking and all that how do you balance your own business ventures and goals with your wife's like how, how do you know which to spend more time on which to spend more focus on how do you how do you navigate that
1: i think our vision board may actually help because it helps us to see where our alignments are in business and personal life. And then we try to match them together. So let's say her goal is to host an event in 2022, 2023. We are I already know I'm already planning an event. So it can't be the same month, same <laughs> quarter because we have to, we gonna be going to compete against vendors and sponsors. So we plan our events to stagger far apart. So in mm-hmm. balance it out, we tend to know where we, what are our blueprint goals. Where do we want to be in this time frame? And then from there we start planning around each other's schedule and we ensure we have quality time to ourselves, not just mm. planning, planning. Sometimes my wife will tell me around this time of year, Glenn goes a bit crazy. He plans and plans and plans. And all he's doing is eat, sleeping, <laughs> drinking, and dreaming legacy conference. <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
1: Because I'm planning, planning, more, planning, 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 doing this, buying this, creating this, branding this. So she says, Glenn, I want some quality time. She has to remind me during that time, Glenn, I understand I'm supporting your vision, but I need you also. Hmm. So that's where sometimes the balance comes in. It's by simply saying, hey, I need you here. So we've learned how to balance it all out. It's never easy, never easy task because when we both are pursuing our dreams, you have to know how to progress it and how to balance it because it can also damage your marriage. Yeah. Makes sense. Because after a while, the person then feels neglected and think that you love the business more than them and it troubles the marriage. You have Mm. to first protect the marriage, protect the relationship while building a business. That's critical. Yeah.
0: And tell us more. I mean, just, just in case there's any couples out there, uh, dare I say the word jealousy? Um, how do you navigate if all of a sudden your wife's business took off? She's a multimillionaire and you're like, what the heck? I'm still working on getting to the legacy conference of six figures or something like that. Like, how, how would you navigate that? Or how do you navigate that?
1: <laughs> if you're having jealousy out of your wife's success, then you need to have a self-examination of, of you. I understand sometimes men may feel like, oh, I'm the man, hear me roar. I should be making more money, not you, the wife. I should be supporting you, not the wife supporting me. You have to be, as a man, comfortable with yourself to know that it's not about I or her. If she's blowing up in business, it's not her, it's us. If you get that mm-hmm. mentality in your mind that it's not about him or her or I, or it's about we, us, them, in essence, we have to be in that place that we are un- unified. So when jealousy comes up, sit down, talk it out, but don't talk about the anger behind your voice. Say, baby, I'm feeling a bit you know, emotional right now. You're making more money. Communicate again. Let her know. She may then tell you, baby, we're in this together. We got this. Now, if she's not in that tone, find help with mm-hmm. each other. Find ways to communicate more. Maybe there's a barrier. Maybe she's becoming successful because she feels neglected and she's tooken, taken all that passion <laughs> for marriage into business. Mm-hmm. See, there are many things you have to look at when people become successful. Are they becoming successful for greater things to take place? Or are they being successful because there's nothing, that's their way to keep them busy from other issues that's taking place. So when a, a person becomes jealous or there's a conflict, remember, it's not about you. It's not about Andrew, not about Glenn, not about Official or Salisha. It's about us. Who is us? When we decide to get married, we knew that we want to grow. We knew we want to expand. That's why it's important when you, before you even say, will you marry me? Because when you say, will you marry me? You can't say, I don't. Again, you could, but you You should already be sure without a shadow of doubt, have already decided what you want in your life together and already built the blueprint of where you'll be in the first two, five years of marriage. Mm. And that should include, baby, what do you want to do in business? I don't know if I want to do business. Why? Communicate that. You may say, well, I want to be a business owner. I want to make six figures by this age, this, this, this. Like I actually wrote on my vision board many years ago. I got married when I was, when I was 28. And I said, when I'm four, when I'm 36 or 41 of those years, I said, I want, oh, 40. I said, age 40, I want to own my, own my home. I did it. Yes. Yes. I want to start my own business. I did. Yes. I'm on my second business now. (laughs) The first one was was actually financial coaching. Now I'm doing more. So I knew those deadlines. I knew I had to get there. But guess who supported me? My wife. When I fell behind, she got this. Come on. Come on. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. Mm -hmm. They kept pushing and pushing. Sometimes it can be annoying. Why? (laughs) There's a reason why I say that. Because sometimes when a man gets deflated and feels defeated and someone says, I believe in you. Sometimes you really don't want to hear that all the time. You just want to know, you want to go in a pit and and waddle and say, well, I don't know. I don't know. But when she's there pushing you, and supporting you, I believe the man can accomplish anything. And the flip side also, whenever she wants to accomplish something, the man is there to support her and push her to her dreams. Like I can also look back and say, I admire you because I've watched how you have pushed your fiance, soon to be wife. You've helped her remodel and rebrand her business. You've helped her find her purpose and her passion. You've helped to pull away all the weeds and do a few gardening, put a few, <laughs> yeah. few soils in, moves a few pebbles out the way. And you've given her a clear path and vision, but yet you're standing there on the sideline, and say, I have your back. I'm pushing you, but I'm going to let you run the race. Mm. So I've seen that in your approach. I've been watching. I don't say that. <laughs> but my eyes do, I've been watching and to yeah. myself. So I've, I have seen that portion where you've done that. And I believe every, and you did it before saying, Will you marry me? Mm-hmm. So now she already knows what she's walking into and who's going to be supporting her for now, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years from now.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. No, and I will say that is one of the best ways. So um, this is actually my first ever long term relationship, and so the fact that we're already she's almost a year and a half now is, is just is just so wild to me. And uh, and I, I come from a background of divorced parents, and I, I told myself I only want to get married once because divorce is like the worst thing in the world. And and so it, it's it's very it, it's still new to me, but I, I love it. Like like you said, being in this relationship, we're able to support each other encourage each other help each other grow and and i like to the quote there from a movie i think called spy or something with chris pine and tom hardy and i think it was reese witherspoon and it's with this girl she's choosing between two guys the whole movie and uh, the quote to her is don't pick the person who's better for you pick the person who makes you better and I just love that so much because, you know, as, as humans, especially, you know, someone who loves progress, who loves growth, um, it's so, so awesome that Slisha and I do help each other grow and I can help be there and, uh, with, with her grow. She's there for my growth. And it's definitely a, something I definitely love and appreciate a lot. And and so it sounds like she she did a lot of supporting for you, but obviously it's curious that you mentioned that when she asked for help from you, she wasn't just asking for help to build her website to put some social media templates together. She's like, No, 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 Glenn, I need you to consistently cheer me from the sideline. Like what what does that specifically look like when she was asking that from you?
1: For me, it seemed like at that point she needed guidance, like, okay, I have this idea. Now how do I Put it to bring it to bring it to purpose, bring it to life. So outside of just simply f- helping her think of a name, helping her build out her her website, her logo, I had to also help her like ask her tough questions. What do you want to do? Who is your target audience? What products are you going to sell? If no one knows you and you want to speak, then who's going to want to listen to you? I had to ask those seems kind of tough questions, but harsh questions, but it's also to prepare her to know that it's not going to be easy peachy start speaking and make that of money, you have to first learn how to build study. So for her, I had to show her how to build slowly, step one, step two, step three along the way, as well as sitting down with her and asking her vision and her goals. So for me, it was more like, I would say I was like the one building the foundation and she had the four walls and the roof. Mm-hmm. So she had the vision, but I had to put everything below it to carry the vision for her. The same thing with myself, when when I was looking at certain things, I think when you are the visionary of a something or an idea, it's hard for you at times to build a proper foundation because your mind's already thinking doors, windows, roof, tiles on the roof, kitchen sink, floor tiles, but you're not actually thought about the foundations. So yeah. someone coming to you now saying, Hey, I got this great idea here. The company name is going to be engage your dreams. I'm going to do this, 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 and this. Well, how you can do it? I don't know. So for mm-hmm. me, at the time, it was helping her build the foundations, the structures of it, um, implementation, and that was what made her successful. She actually beat me. She wrote two books and did three CDs. I'm happy. Wow, <laughs> and one book she did two, <laughs> and she's working on a third, I think, as well. So yeah, she is pushing through
0: always got to one up each other. I love that. See, going back to, she's motivating you, helping you be better and, and, uh, and you're pushing her along the way too. So that's
1: and, and that's the next thing too is for me, when I met her, I pushed her. When I met her, I had my bachelor's, de- my bachelor's degree and I was starting my master's. She didn't have a bachelor's yet. I pushed her back to school. Find a major, do what you love. And I pushed her. I helped her through the, the tough nights of school, doing homework. The joke I always make about her. Yeah, your first degree put my name right next to um, that line. Because we, we did it together. Yeah. But right now, she's in her master's. So I've always said to her, if I have a master's, you got to have a master's. If I have a doctorate degree. You got to get a doctorate degree or at least something comparable that you are progressing. I don't want to leave anyone left behind. It should be a level playing field between of us. No high, no big eyes and little U's. We're in us together. Unified forces. We pray together. We talk together. Those are things that you have to do. It may sound crazy, but these are essential to build and keep things stable.
0: And, and shifting gears a little bit, we, we talked about foundations. I want to shift them over to the uh, legacy conference. So tell us how did you know how to build the foundations for that? And what's the growth of that conference looked like? So um so, so sorry, I asked you too many questions. First question is how did you know how to build the foundations for the legacy conference? Or did you know, or you just kind of made it up as you went along?
1: <laughs> Honestly, I didn't know did squat. score. All I knew, I at my local my local church at the time. They always had events and for some reason Glenn has always found his way into event planning and managing events. I've done centerpieces and different art, artwork stuff. So I said, well, it's just just an event. I can just put table and put some chairs and put a projector or TV and let's, let's go. Yeah. That was my first, my first workshop. My wife and I didn't know anything about sponsors and donors, anything like that. So we went and took our entire grocery funds and we bought food for everyone to eat at the event. Not a probably good idea, but we learned and we realized that that was our investment in our own dreams. Sometimes you have to invest in your dreams to build it. Mm -hmm. And so in building the very first year, second year, we learned how to do it by watching others. We researched, but initially we didn't have a good foundation. We just threw in the kitchen sink and we started to swim with it. It sounds weird, but as I mentioned before, sometimes when you have a vision, you can't see the foundation. So we had a friend actually who stepped in and says, and she actually was our MC. And she stepped and says, Glenn, here's some ideas. And she helped us build some fundamental footings. So then eventually build a foundation for the event. The event now is in its fifth year. It was scheduled for October this year, but we had to postpone it, unfortunately, to revise our strategies. It will be held April of next year. However, Mm -hmm. it will be hybrid in person and also virtual for those who can't attend here in South Florida. And the theme is Rise Up.
0: Mm. I love that. And, and what's what's the growth of the event been like, though? Like you said, the first event was more like a workshop. Now it's four years or five years later. What, what's the growth been like?
1: The growth has been very steady in overall potentials. 2020, 2021 was our heaviest hitting in terms of COVID-19. We couldn't be in person. Mm. We could have because a few friends of ours had events in person, but I just didn't want to take a chance because my wife, my mom, high risk, and I didn't want to get COVID. I'm just being honest. Yeah, no, all good. <laughs> yeah. I, had, I had family and friends who passed away. So mm. just seeing that made me think, well, I don't want to join the list. So we decided to use Hoover, thanks to you, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Hoover. And we um, pivoted, did a virtual event. First year, 2020, we did a uh, three days or four days. And it was a great experience, a lot of impact. And what I realized, though, during that time was... We had attendees from outside the US. Hmm. So we we're making an impact, not just in the US, but outside. We have people from Dubai, the UK, the Caribbean, Canada, Afghanistan,
2: <laughs> so yeah. Africa.
1: So it was a great experience. So for me, we have made a global footprint. Next year we're back in person, but we have been told, we realized we cannot just be purely in person without having that virtual. Portion as well, but we've been growing consistently over the few years. This year we would have been much better, but coming kind of COVID nineteen, a lot of companies, a lot of people are cutting back. Cost of everything has been sky high. It's starting to taper down a little bit, which I believe also next year will be a great help for us as well. Being a nonprofit is great, but also we are at the mercy of different things as well too.
0: No, it make, makes sense. And with your event theme and you're all about igniting passions and, and creating legacies, how do you make sure that actually happens? Like what are the the things you implement? What are the messages you say to go? Oh yeah. I'm not, I'm not just saying that passions will be ignited. Legacies will be created. H- how do you make sure those actually happen at your events?
1: See this fly right here? All these speakers, mm-hmm. these speakers were picked because of what they brought to the table but also what they've actually accomplished. Mm-hmm. This right here, lady right here is a multimillionaire. Wow. Self-made multimillionaire. But before she was rock bottom, got divorced, had to go to prison for three days, for three hours. <laughs> oh my gosh. had a record, which has been removed. Thank God. And had to find ways to become self-sufficient, but also she had a, a vision to take care of her mother and her family. She mm-hmm. does Forex trading. So mm. that's one person I would say, for example, who when I talk about building legacies and generational wealth, I bring people who can not just speak it, but also show it, exemplify it and be willing to impart wisdom into it. When I go on the stage and I start talking about legacy and living here and doing all stuff, I throw out heavy-hitting languages to let people realize that, listen, you're not here just to grow and live and die, but what what else do you want to accomplish? What will your children see when you have left the earth? I talk about inspirational items that people can then see in everyday life and realize it triggers them to say, I want a change in my life. So these different speakers I have coming out, I have this young lady right here. She's actually sending her own kids to college debt-free. To the point where the the scholarships are giving back them checks when they graduate. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She is a grant writer and funding for businesses. She's actually gotten people millions of dollars in funding. Wow. This guy right here, a YouTube fanatic. He's out there great all across different platforms. When he speaks, he talks about money in a different way. He talks about money in terms of being your own bank. Learn to not just save money, but let your money go to work. Mm-hmm. legal she talks about not just building a legacy of getting a will and trust but how about protecting your business how about making your business make make sense for you and outlive you a lot of people we think of having a business but we never actually think about when you pass away does your business die so here's a question did walmart die when he died no it's still existing right
2: mm-hmm. did
1: target die no still existing perfect example apple steve died and is still thriving the iPhone is still living. So his legacy is still breathing and living long after he's gone. So that's the exact message we talk to people about, that whenever you've left this earth or you've retired or gotten too old and can no longer do things, your work has is still speaking of your name long after you're gone. Mm. So we talk about that. And this year, the reason why we chose troll, troll, you know, Rise Up is after you've been through two years of all this Stuff on top of you, thrown on top of you, you've lost jobs, you've been beaten up, you've lost all these different things, you've been struggling, trying to keep it above water. Now you come for fresh air, you're like, ah. it's time to rise up from all what you've been through. It's time to get up and go. It's no time to sit down and say, well, I wonder if I should. No, go live your dream because some people never got a chance to because they're gone. COVID took mm-hmm. them. So the message is, rise up. Go and accomplish every dream you have. Nothing is too big. There's nothing impossible because impossible just means I am possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't afford to just live and never accomplish anything in life. And that's my biggest mantra: is to it's, an, it's to not just live, but to have lived well. I love that. Live fu- live full, die empty.
0: Mm. Yes, yeah, so Drake says, uh, "Not every di- not everyone dies, or everybody dies, but not everybody lives." <laughs>
1: <laughs> like Steve Jobs is still living. His Apple, yeah. his Apple device is still living, breathing.
0: star's going strong. Apple's going strong. Yeah he, yeah, he did a great job about legacy. That's for sure.
1: Black Panther.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: He, he may be yeah. but his legacy is still speaking. Every time you look at the Black Panther, you, you're thinking you, your mind goes back to him. To see what he went through, what he did, he was literally sick and dying. But yet on camera, you never would know. Even yeah. before would on him on, on the set when he was doing his productions he was still going. You know why? Purpose and passion fuels him. If purpose and passion fuels you, there's nothing you cannot do. You become in, in, invincible to anything that comes the other way. Sickness, death, struggles, divorce, whatever may come to you. Once you got purpose and passion, There's nothing that can hold you back from accomplishing your dreams.
0: I love that. I love that. Um, And that kind of leads to my next question too, is how do you make sure to find yourself with the right people to uh, help get you to where you are going or get you to where you are? For me,
1: I take time to learn people, watching them, observing them, get connected, but not plugged in. When I say that, it means I don't jump all the way in and start working with someone. I get connected and find out who they are, what their similar values are. Like, for example, you had to date your fiance. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> How did that go? Did you just say, hey, I like you. Let's date. No. You observed <laughs> her. You got to know her. You communicated. You went a few dates. You got to make sure she's your right compatibility partner. The same thing goes with people that you would connect with. There's an old phrase. I don't know if you ever seen the Madea movies where he talks about this phrase that says, some people come in your life for a season, a reason, and for a purpose. And it's like a tree. He gives example. Some people are like roots. They're here for long term. They're going to anchor you, hold you strong. Some come like branches. They're only here for a a reason to support you. Mm -hmm. Some come for a season, the leaves. But after, when the winter comes or fall, they break, they fly away, they die, and they move away. They move on. So you have to know people in your life, are they here for a season, a reason, or a purpose? So Mm -hmm. over my last few, I will probably say last eight, Eight years i've learned that that lesson that i have to evaluate are you here for a reason a purpose or a lifetime mm. learning to to adequately manage who's in my life because not everyone is assigned to your life some come just to help you for that one situation to maybe assist you to grow you but after that they have to move on because if you you can't carry a broken baggage into your next future Mm. Like you mentioned, when it came to you, you came from a family divorce. So in your mind, I don't want divorce. I don't want divorce. I don't want divorce. I want to find the right one, the right one, the right one, the right one. So that's playing in your head the whole time. So you don't want to take the, the childhood baggage of what you experienced into your marriage or into your future. So you've done what I call your own purging. Okay. I don't want these different things. And when things begin to flare up, that looks like it could turn to what your parents went through. You then start saying, no, I got to fix this because you've seen it and you've also gotten to learn. It's like, it's like, for example, a child doesn't know anything about pain or burn, sees fire, touches it, looks pretty. When he gets burned five years later, he remembers don't touch fire because fire burns. So seeing when the fire from your own family took place, you've learned, I'm not going to allow it to come into my space. So the same thing goes with people that come in your life. You've learned from previous experiences, from learning them, observing them, talking to them, communication. And sometimes you have to allow people to come in your circle to get close to you, to understand them more. Like uh, I had a good friend of mine. If she sees like right now, she probably laugh at me for saying this. When she first met me, she says, You're, "I look very standoffish." Hmm. You know, up to, up to, up to. And I didn't seem to talk much to her. And she said, "I don't know how he married my friend Afisha. He looks very standoffish." <laughs> oh my gosh, Afisha's so bubbly <laughs> and nice and friendly, and he's like, I don't know, he just seems a bit standoffish. The reason why she said was she when she actually spoke to some spoke to me she realized glenn is goofy loves to laugh crack jokes he's also serious deep thinker and she says people sometimes judge you by the cover but never actually open the book to read it so mm. sometimes you have to get close to someone to know who they are to then evaluate are there connection for me to build my business like i would say this a few weeks ago you pushed out to me saying hey glenn i want some to ask you a few questions about you know what i'm trying to do in life yeah. Why did you do that?
0: I know you're great at giving feedback and you, uh, you you come from a wealth of knowledge and you spend time with powerful people all the time. So you know what works and what doesn't work.
1: Okay. So in that regard, you observed me, you watched, you listened, and then you evaluated, then you approached. Mm-hmm. That's the steps that you take. You watch, approve, blah, 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 and then you evaluate and you approach. So before I even approach someone in my in my in business, and I'll say this also too, applies also to your clients. Not every client is for Andrew. Not every yeah. client is for you. You also have to evaluate, is this person for me? Because if a client dr- a client should not drain you, they should in th- they should give you passion and fuel to keep going. So if yeah. you have a client that comes in that drains you every time you have to go on the phone with them or you dread to go on the call with them, cut them loose. Mm. You may lose the money, but guess what? Peace of mind is much more payment than stress. So I'll tell you all the time, keep that in your mind. So if you have a client that makes you happy, you will perform at great levels. So cut the ones that that don't work for you.
0: No, it makes sense. I, I love that, and it's good to hear how you developed a strategy too, of how you observe people, whether you see them as roots, as branches, as leaves. And good to know that. Uh, sounds like you you have a system for identifying your roots. And so, tell me more about what are the qualities of someone who's a branch versus a root versus leaves like how how do you filter those people how, how do you screen them to tell them apart
1: well for example if a leaf was to come in my life it sounds kind of weird but a person who represents a leaf for me i've always found that leaves came in my life at a point where either i'm low or about to reach a point where i'm about to break to a next level and they may come in and they seem to be a person where i would consider an expert either an expert a motivational person, or someone who's of faith, who says, "I see something. Let me be them, be with them, and pray them through it, or whatever it may be." So I've been to a low place before, and I had a person step in, and they prayed me through the whole situation. I was depressed, went to depression, had suicidal thoughts, and they prayed me through. Been there as a support system. When I came out, they left. So for me, a person who comes as a leaf, is the one who usually comes to give advice, they support you and then leave. The branches. They're similar to leaves, but they also have a intended purpose. Either to push you, to thrust you, to kick in the butt sometimes, because they will do that. <laughs> I have a mentor who does that. Not she that really was right. once a branch, but now she's a root. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when nice. she came in my life, I was kind of like hesitant. I'm like, uh, she's a it's a woman, I'm a man, you know, I'm okay with that. But then also you're thinking should I have a male mentor instead of female? That was my thought pattern. Silly me. But then when I got to really meet her and sh- I learned her attributes, she was one who saw the need met the need, but also was willing to challenge me. So that's where the, the branch for me comes in. Someone who's willing to challenge you, support you. And we come to the tr- the, the, the actual base, the trunk and the roots That's the one who will be be with you when hell breaks loose, when things are good, when things are bad, their relationship does not shift or change. They remain the same consistent way. You may have people in your life that may come around you when things are good. Hey, Andrew, Andrew, when you have lost a business deal or you lose your, your company or you get laid off, where are they now? If they're not there, branch leaves. Hmm. people you, you have to ensure that when people are in your life they're not just there to be there for the good times what about the bad times that's that's what happens with marriages your spouse has to be there for you when things are going good and bad
0: yeah that makes sense makes sense and uh, a few questions left here as someone who started two businesses what are the non-negotiable actions as
1: an entrepreneur to be successful non-negotiable actions to be successful ha that's a good question no it got me thinking very hard okay i would say one that i had to learn the tough way is never lower your standards because of someone else and when i say standards in terms of how you do business in terms of if you are if you have a certain level of standards and someone says hey man i just need to get a simple thing done i don't have much money can you do it for like 50 bucks but your fees are like $250 going upwards. Now, sometimes you have to maybe say, you know what, I'll do it as a good cause because I want to push the person. But you also have to know your standards. You have to know your prices and believe in your purpose and your talent and your value. And also learn not to grow too fast. Scale yourself yearly, quarterly, what it may be. As as an entrepreneur, we may think, oh, I got vision. And you grow from here to here so fast that you end up crashing and burning, collapsing. Because you didn't build properly. You built a shaky house on the sand, the good foundation. I mentioned before about knowing your value, the cost. Those are non-negotiable. You should never negotiate on those levels of choosing to lower your standards, lowering your value, because your value is your value. There's nothing you can take away from it because you took time, energy, to learn your skill set, to gain the knowledge, read books. So while you were up reading books at midnight, 12 in the morning, they were out partying want to come to you and then ask you for a discount or a different deal or try to belittle or degrade your content, then that's a no-no. Stand your ground, know who you are, trust the process in everything. I love that. I love that.
0: All right. Well, a uh, couple questions left here, Glenn. What is one takeaway you want someone to have with this whole interview? Live
1: your dreams. There is a song by Beyonce that says, I was here. I lived, I died, and I was here. At the end of the day, what legacy, what life do you want to leave behind? We're not just here to the simply exist. What passions would you want to fulfill? The Miles Monroe, late Miles, yeah, late Miles Monroe mentioned, or Les, Wa- West, Les Brown mentioned that on the deathbed. I'm sure you heard it before. When you're on the deathbed, all the spirits of all the things you planned to do and desires you plan to do, and now look, at she you, says you're about to die and you're taking all of us with you. It is said that the richest place in the world is not Africa with gold mines. It's the cemetery. For in there lies all the greatest passions, designs that never came about because we were scared. Jump. No matter what you're going through right now, jump. Take that leap. Rise up. Take that jump. Don't quit. If you think it's impossible, just remember, I am possible. There's nothing impossible if, unless you tell yourself it's impossible. And if you tell something impossible, you're wrong. Because guess what? At the end of the day, you can do anything you put your mind to. The mind is the most powerful weaponry in the human body. It can make you feel sick, make you feel well. There's been research that shows that people who have diseases and terminal illnesses, if they're told that they're going to live and t- given positive, positive affirmations, they've turned around and made a total, total healing in their body. For me is I'll tell anyone for this interview is live full, die empty, don't quit, don't give up. You can do it. Live your dreams. Just do it. Just, Just do, freaking it. do it. Yes. Just do it. Yes, Just Glenn. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> Seriously. What you waiting for? If not now, then when? COVID nineteen taught the world that if not now, when. Yeah. I had friends who lost their who lost their wives, lost their children. Can you imagine if that child or that woman had this plan to open a business, let's say tomorrow, but said, I'll wait till next month. It never came. Mm. It never came. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And it's I like the, the add on too. If, if not now, then when, and if not you, then who? So it has to be you because you got to step up. So that's such a great point. Well, Glenn, this has been amazing. I've got me fired up. Uh, thanks for providing so much uh, helpful advice on uh, relationships with the uh, with business, with your wife, with talking about the Legacy Conference. Tell us what is the best way we can get a hold of you, contact you, reach out to you, connect sure. with you. What's the best way to do that?
1: I'm on Facebook, Glenn Payne. If you want to get to my nonprofit, Legacy Lives Here on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I'm out there, legacyliveshere.org .com. And you can definitely reach out to me there.
0: Love it. All right. This is Glenn Payne, everyone. Make sure to tune in next week for the next episode of Rapid Results, and we'll see you all then. Take care, everyone. Cheers. Cheers.
2: That concludes another
0: episode of Rapid Results. Remember to leave a review about something you learned so others can share the knowledge. Keep being unstoppable in your pursuit of the lifestyle freedom you desire, and we'll see you next week.